end up being a one-man podcast. No. Just Jesse on a rooftop. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a vibe, though. All right, we're going to we'll check in. I'm a Chamberlain. All right, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Rooftop Pod. As you can tell, me, Andrew, and Rachel are back at our family home on the OG rooftop. Um, and we're back here for Thanksgiving. How's everybody doing today? Good. Doing good. well. Got sleep. That's good. Rachel apparently yeah. has... Well, both me and Rachel haven't been really sleeping that well these past few weeks. But True. That's tough, buddy. Hey, but I got blackout curtains. It's <laughs> over for everyone now. Okay, I'm gonna well, get good night of sleep every me. night. <laughs> what do you mean? Because I wake oh, up yeah, before you, the sun rises. Anyways, actually, we all came back early this week for Thanksgiving break because we actually celebrated our mom's birthday the other day. Our mom is a very special person to all of us, so this episode is actually dedicated to our mom, Dai Ming, um, who's actually just right next door to us right now. Next I don't door. think she's she's right downstairs. Sorry. Yeah. Right downstairs for us. Yeah, we're going to be talking a little bit about our mom's uh, immigration story uh, from our perspective and kind of talking about how she has impacted our lives and what she kind of means to us uh, because she played a really big role in all of our growing ups, obviously, because she's our mom. Uh, but to us, she's a really special person, and um, we really can't uh, be more grateful for her as a person to us. So we're going to start off this episode with... Uh, kind of our favorite memories about mom or our favorite things about mom. One thing that I think rubbed off on me and kind of rubbed off I can see on all of us, like a characteristic of her that rubbed off on all of us is her keen interest on items that are on sale. So so a lot of us uh, are very frugal, Andrew especially, and I think a lot of that comes from our mom being a very frugal person growing up. And one of the funniest things to me is that I think for her, she's she's not even just trying to save money. It's almost kind of a game to her where she'll yeah. buy things yeah. that are on sale just because they're on sale, not necessarily mm-hmm. because they're things that she actually needs. Yeah, and I think like from my perspective, um, I've also started doing this too where it's like a game. It's like how much money can I got, get off of a certain item? Exactly. Um, it's not even like it was really funny because I went to Kroger and I bought a pineapple. I think it was like... 127 for a, a whole pineapple, right? And so I bought that. For, $1.27? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's it a was deal. so cheap. Yeah. <laughs> How many did you buy? Like 10? I only bought, well, no. Mom would have bought, bought 10. Mom did buy 10. <laughs> <laughs> or she didn't buy 10, but she bought several. And so I bought it like without knowing so that mom. Pineapple for days. <laughs> yeah. Without knowing that mom also bought pineapple. So like I got home and I told mom and I was like, oh my goodness. Pineapple that got pineapple. So cheap. And mom was like, yeah, I know. I bought like five of them. That's um, yeah. It's really funny because I think as kids when we were growing up, our diets were dictated by what was on sale oh, that yeah. week at oh, either yeah. Costco or Kroger's. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, some days we would just eat a certain type of vegetable or certain fruit or certain cut of meat just because that was on sale for that week, and that's all mom would buy. It's like seasonal produce. It's great. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, and what's really interesting to me is, like, so growing up, she she didn't like us eating unhealthy foods, right, a mm. lot. Like, she didn't mm-hmm. let us really eat ramen. She didn't really let us eat out. But recently, my favorite ramen, like the Black Shin Ramen, started being on sale at Kroger's. So she bought the entire rack at Kroger's, <laughs> bought like 10 packs of them. 
And now our family eats ramen, like the black shin ramen, despite the fact that she has been morally against it her whole life. Well, I think, which I think is pretty interesting. I can't remember when we started doing this, but we also started eating pizza like on Sundays for lunch because mom just didn't want to cook. So she'd buy yeah. like the, the pizza that was on sale at either Costco or Kroger and then just heat that up in the oven. I don't know when that started, but I can't remember that happening when we were super young. That was that was my favorite days. I think on Sundays, dad would like either Fridays. go out. Fridays? Before youth group. I feel like we, oh we did yeah. that we did do that like on Fridays. Those are Papa John's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I thought we did that mm-hmm. on Sundays too after church sometimes. Yeah, that I just remember well, this is... after Sunday. Oh, mm. that's, that's true. true. That's that's classic. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I think sometimes it's hilarious because she'll come back with the most random grocery hauls that I've ever seen, like just the most eclectic mm-hmm. collections of items. That were just things that were on sale, not necessarily things that we needed. Mom, oh my goodness, she she warmed up some like almond cakes for me this morning, and uh-huh. she was like, "Guess how much these cost?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh yeah, those were dank though. They're those so good." Were dank. She was like, three dollars and seventy eight cents for thirty." <laughs> That's what she told me this morning yeah, too. I was like, "No way." But yeah, uh, I mean that was that was one of her best finds in a while because I yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed that for yeah. breakfast this morning. Okay, what she says, I guess this is a life hack of sorts. But when things when products are new at Costco, mm-hmm. like they end up being a lot cheaper than what they retail for later. Mm. So like if you find it cheaper earlier, like if you, it's the first time you're seeing it in Costco, oh. get it because it's only going to be that cheap cheaper for a, a little bit only of time. That yeah. Period of time. A life hack right there. I need a Costco <laughs> membership because that that stuff's life. Yeah. That stuff's life changing. I I only get stuff whenever I'm back home. Go with mom. Mm-hmm. I know. I packed like a half empty suitcase because I knew mom was gonna pack it up from the good deals from Costco when oh, I go yeah. back to New York. That's like, what I do. Leave I lots of room in the suitcase. So mom buys these big cooler bags for us. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And she she says she uses it for herself, but it's really so that we can. She can pack a bunch of stuff for us, bring it back home, and every time we come back home, we bring back the cooler case <laughs> empty so she can fill it up again. Um, and it's great. I think that's one of the biggest benefits. I mean, you're flying hauls of grocery back home. That's pretty intense. That's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> New York is New York, way too yeah. expensive. Do you have yeah. a Costco in New York? Uh, yeah, my roommate has a Costco membership. Okay. Oh, period. Oh, there are yeah, Costco's in New York. Oh, uh, like outside? Uh, I think there's one in Brooklyn or Queens. Oh. Okay. Somewhere in the boroughs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one thing, one of the best things you can find in life is a friend with a Costco membership. Because if you have a friend with a Costco membership, you basically have a Costco membership. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I have a few of those friends. So I basically have, basically have a Costco membership. I wanted to know if you guys had any favorite memories of mom or another word for it. Fondest? Fondest memory of mom Mm -hmm. growing up. Mm, mine isn't growing up this is like pretty recent Mm -hmm. but i just remember it being super comforting and being like wow i am insanely lucky to have like the mom that i have um it was in college it was this semester lol (laughs) (laughs) i've been going through it it. yesterday (laughs) 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 but i remember at the beginning of the semester i think it was like maybe a month or two months in Mm -hmm. I was, I realized how much I had uh, overcommitted myself yet again. Yeah, (laughs) Um, nothing new there. Yeah, nothing new. But like this semester especially has been insane. And so I like 
had a moment to just step back and look at how my time was being spent and I realized like none of it was going towards myself like I had no time to care for myself like the only time I was home and had time to do things was to cook food for myself because I needed to eat mm -hmm. and that was more of an obligation brush my teeth shower and then bed like I had no other free time to like sit idly on scrolling on TikToks or watching YouTube videos or whatever it was either work yeah it was either work or like take care like do the bare minimum to take care of myself yes. and so I was telling mom how I was just feeling super overwhelmed and how I felt like I had no time to do anything and that I wasn't taking oh no <laughs> and that I wasn't taking like I didn't have time to take care of myself or the people around me mm -hmm. um, and I was just really stressed out by it and I was calling mom crying on this call because I was like I can't do this anymore like this is so unsustainable and then the next day, she makes dad drive up with a what? ton of food. Sorry. Wow. With a bunch of food. <laughs> wow. I know. And that I, like, best. when dad drove up, um, and they didn't even tell me. They were just like. Oh, they surprised you? Yeah. Wow. Well, mm. it was more like, oh, dad's coming to drop groceries off. And I was like, wait. <laughs> wait a second. Because yeah. they I'm were going to. <laughs> um, they were going to Chicago the next day. So I was like, what? <laughs> like, why? Um, it just seems like an unnecessary trip. It's just a three-hour round trip right. just to drop food off for me. Mm. Wow. Um, and mom had, like, packed, you know, all her little knickknacks of here's some fruit, here's some, like, whatever grains some, and like, snacks. and like balds of frozen yeah. foods and everything. Frozen balds. Oh, my goodness. You know, I Ooh. used to get annoyed by so how much mom would pack me each yeah. time I was either going back to college or going back to school. Because, like, she would give me an overwhelming amount of food that mm -hmm. I couldn't fit in the fridge. Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have roommates, I have people that I live yeah. with, and I just dominate the entire fridge because mom yeah. packs me so yeah. much food. And that became annoying to me, but now I feel... I feel bad that I was annoyed by it because I'd be like, Mom, stop giving me all this food. Yeah, like, what yeah. about those 50 apples you just got a couple weeks ago? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I finished mine. I gave Rachel like half yeah. of them. Yeah. But I, I mean, I think a lot of Asian parents are like this where like mm -hmm. feeding is like their love language mm -hmm. or like making mm -hmm. sure their kids are well fed and make, yeah. making sure they have food to eat is like the way that they show love and affection. Yeah. Um, and realizing that I'm kind of like, at this point, I'm just like, I'm going to put up with it. And then sometimes I secretly just like give away like a lot of the stuff that oh, she gives me because I'm think just that's like her intention too. Like mom knows mm. that I give my friends the food that she makes me because I'm really proud to show it off because I'm like, yeah. look oh, at my mom. Yes. She's so good at baking. Dude, when like, I make, she made the dosha from scratch. When I make balls for my friends, mm -hmm. they're like, holy crap, this yeah. is like so good. Yeah. And I've always thought that mom could probably start her own restaurant oh, if she absolutely. want to because she's has she has accumulated enough like recipes that are like fantastic and super tasty mm -hmm. that um, I think would do very well in a, in a restaurant setting but mm -hmm. she just makes it for us which yeah. honestly just Even makes better. it more special <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, anyway speaking of love languages I feel like uh, talk about this oh. huh? Who, well, other people's fondest memories oh yeah do you uh, have a fond memory of mo mother before we continue I think my fondest memories are mom are all like the little things that accumulate over the years mm -hmm. Um, just like, I, I love going back home talking about Costco, like Costco trips with mom. Cause mom is like, oh, I need someone to help lift like the dog food or lift heavy objects. So she's like, oh, Andrew, can you come with me? I'm just like, oh, happily. And I think those are the best conversations when we're just driving to Costco, walking down the aisles, just talking about how her life is doing, how my life is doing, 
or when like we're sending Philip and John to soccer practice and then we kind of just either jog around the soccer fields or just watch Philip and John play soccer. Mm Yeah, it's moments. like those small, quiet moments with mom that honestly mm-hmm. I appreciate the most. There's nothing. Mom's not like a very out there, loud right. kind of mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. Yep. She lives a very quiet, simple life, and that's mm-hmm. kind of her mantra of life is yeah. like keeping everything just Simplicity. low key, yeah. simple and low key, and just appreciating the small moments in life. Mm-hmm. Especially for us, I think because we have kind of lived a life uh, I wouldn't say she hasn't lived a life full of experiences but she's she's kind of already done that she's done like the moving across to a different country and like experiencing a whole nother life in a different society Mm -hmm. where now she's like going back to the basics she's like oh like that doesn't provide me like happiness or joy the things that provide me happy happiness and joy are the simple things with my family and the simple being able Mm -hmm. to provide a good life for her kids Mm -hmm. and yeah we were just talking a little bit about love languages and mom definitely has a very particular love language for us um it's definitely acts of service um and i my natural love language i don't think is acts of service um Mm -hmm. and i but i also think this extends more broadly to asian american parents in general Mm -hmm. Uh, most asian american parents as anecdotally from what i've heard show their love through acts of service. Very, very few Asian American parents express their love through physical touch or through words of affirmation. Yeah. I think we were deprived of that as a kid. <laughs> and I think that's yeah. kind of, <laughs> so those two are now my, those two are now my love languages, I think because uh, I didn't really oh, get that as a kid. So now I seek that in like a romantic partner. Mm. Um, and, but the weird thing is, oh. The weird thing is, I've never really... Interesting. Huh? <laughs> I think I'm the same. Yeah. As in, yeah, no. I I don't think I show my love through words of affirmation or physical touch readily, mm-hmm. but I enjoy it those two the most mm. out of the five. And I didn't mm. think I would prior to being in a relationship. Mm. I thought going into a relationship, my top love languages would be acts of service and quality time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because those, those were like the the love languages that we were shown, shown. yeah exactly. yeah mm. but it also i think because we were never shown how to like express love physically or express love through words of affirmation mm-hmm. like i didn't know how to do it mm. when i mm. came into my first when i like started engaging in relationships because mm. um, i mean i've never seen until kind of recently maybe within the last year but even then i think it's not even like that prevalent but i've never seen like mom or dad show any affection towards each other like through physical touch or through words of affirmation in fact mm. no. <laughs> i almost feel like dad yeah, no. dad shows love through through sarcastic jokes and that's <laughs> what i've developed so like it was almost to a point where it's problematic where yep. I would poke, <laughs> Andrew. like I I would roast people oh. as a way of showing love, oh, and that's no, what I dad do that. does. Yeah. That's what dad does. That's yeah. like literally one of his love languages to roast people. And like if you're yeah. if you're not if you're not if the person you're roasting is not familiar with kind of who you this, are, yeah, then it then it becomes problematic. Yeah. But because mom and dad never showed affection to each other in ways that are more prevalent in western civilization mm-hmm. it was kind of like a in a process to understand 
how that's done properly and how it's done correctly. I think another note on that though was even though that even though they never outwardly kind of showed their love towards mm. each other, like you could tell that they really loved each other. Mm. And now I'm trying to like think back on why that is because there are a lot of situations where kids like don't experience that and it's just because there's no love between their parents. Mm. Um Oh, like there actually isn't love between yeah. their parents. Yeah. Right. Whereas we're we're pretty confident that our parents oh, love each other. 100%. Yes, very, very <laughs> what, what do you yes, mean? But I, honestly, I don't think that was always the case. So I almost feel like mom and dad, even though their relationship wasn't technically arranged, oh, it was more or less arranged. Well, okay, no, no, no. Yeah. So I talked to dad about this because okay. apparently he tells other people that it was an arranged marriage. Oh, really? Yeah, so people will oh. ask me. They'll be like, did your parents have an arranged marriage? And I was like... Who told you that? <laughs> and they're like, your dad. <laughs> <You're> like, what? <laughs> and I think dad told me that for a little bit too. So I, oh, really? I just got really confused. But oh. here's how I understand it. Okay. I think dad feels bad for mom um, because he feels like he like drug her away from everything that she had in China. Dragged because, her. Yeah. Dra- sorry, dragged her yeah. away from everything that she had in China. Very big yes. Um drug her oh (laughs) (laughs) my bad my bad my bad (laughs) sorry my brain's a little slow today um it's melatonin but basically right like we all know mom back in china like her whole family was there her mom was there um and she was studying to be an anesthesiologist she was going to open a practice with her sister Mm -hmm. like everything was kind of already set there Mm -hmm. and so how she how mom and dad or I think it was dad that explained it to me I think I've had a lot more conversations with dad about his life than I have with mom about her life Mm, just because dad is more open um talking about it and is more like a storyteller in that sense Mm -hmm. um but how he explains it is that mom's mom like heavily encouraged her to marry dad because she saw a lot of qualities in dad that she didn't necessarily get from a marriage that she was super happy in, mm. if that makes sense. Not to, you know, interesting. Throw Wai Gong down or anything, because he's great. Yeah. Um, as interesting. a grandpa, right? Um, and so, you know, Dad was smart. Dad obviously cared a lot about Mom. Mm-hmm. And the turning point, and this is so cute. I like every time Dad tells me this story, I'm like, your life is a movie. We're making this a movie. Like, yes, life That's is a goal. movie. Right? Dad's life is a movie. It is yeah, a movie. It really is. Um, basically, him and mom had broken up like a little bit ago before a big holiday. and But mom had already invited him home. And so the plans had already been made, like the space had already been made for him at mom's home. Mm-hmm. And so dad was like, I guess I'm still going. And so he brings this cake and it's I actually don't know this storming story. outside. Like it is so, it's so cold. It's raining. It's pouring. <laughs> Um, dad has to like travel sev- several hours, like hours to mom's house. Um, and he like shows up, he's completely drenched. And like all he was doing was covering the cake on the way there. Mm. Um, so the cake's good, but he's not. Mm. <laughs> and so he arrives with the cake. Oh, that's one of the most romantic yeah. things yeah. I've ever heard dad doing. Yeah. <laughs> and um, he is so sick for like the next couple of days he's completely knocked out he's like bedridden Mm. not even waking up completely unconscious just like sleeping because he got so sick from Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. (laughs) um transit um and then so that was the moment 
um, when Wai Po was like, Mm. Mm. This He's is the, the guy. Yeah. Wow. And so it was mom was heavily influenced by her mom who she mm. really, really loved. Yep. Um and like took her advice very Mom seriously. and White Paul were super close. Yeah. Um yeah. that's I mean she always talks that's the one thing she talks about a lot is her relationship with her mom. And mm. that's I, her relationship with her mom I think is the relationship that we kinda have with our mom now. Because yeah. yeah. mom like really intentionally wanted to um Model. replicate or mm-hmm. model her motherhood after um, how she was raised by her own mother mm-hmm. I'm gonna pause it right here because um, I wanted to go into something that's gonna take a while so oh yeah stuff up man just kidding yeah um, yeah but but dad told you that story right yeah so like I feel like for me I've never really heard about mom's perspective of this story until like I would say like three four years ago and she never ever told me like a full story from her perspective I kind of just like piece things together on my own over the years and do you remember like two years ago or three years ago during COVID where like I made that video for Mother's Day Mm -hmm. and I showed it to her that was the year that I finally like pieced together mom's immigration story Mm. um from her perspective Mm -hmm. so this is kind of like and mom has like told i think she's told us all bits and pieces of this while Mm -hmm. we were growing up but um mom uh as you kind of alluded to earlier didn't really want to go to the u.s with dad Mm -hmm. i think dad she found dad very unattractive he was short dark yeah (laughs) he was like by beauty standards uh, in in China, he was not, like, he's not an attractive person. Yeah, and mom was attracting all the guys. Yeah, mom um, was a very, attract, very attractive lady, mm-hmm. and um, she was young. She was going to become a doctor. She had her whole future ahead of her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, I mean, she had a very promising life for her in, in China. Um, but once she met dad, <clears throat> I think... She, I don't think she really wanted to date dad, but mm-hmm. because of how close she was with her mom, uh, just because her mom said that she, like, her mom approved of dad, she took her mom's word for it. And uh, honestly, it worked out. Like, her mom had a very good perception of who people are mm-hmm. and, um, and the person that they are. And obviously, dad, I think, is a great person, and now they've created a really great life together. Mm-hmm. But it you took a lot of... Handsome now. <laughs> my our dad is very handsome now. I, so I mean, he, he yeah, he was kind of busted from <laughs> <laughs> pictures I've seen of him before. So I don't blame mom necessarily no, <laughs> for not being attracted to dad at first. Um, <clears throat> but it definitely took mom a lot of faith to kind of be like, "Hey, my mom thinks this is a good idea, so I'm gonna leave my entire career as an anesthesiologist." go to a foreign country where she doesn't even know the language so Mm -hmm. she never took the TOEFL which is like the English exam that you need Mm -hmm. to um, study in in America she never took that so her English was pretty subpar almost Mm -hmm. non-existent I don't think she could speak really any English Um, so there are a lot of it took a ton of courage and faith for mom to to move here and I don't think we often really appreciate um that aspect of mom coming to america Mm -hmm, we always mm -hmm. talk about how dad came to america how dad like 
found like a school here. He studied really hard to get here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all fine and dandy. And of course, Daddy definitely took a, a leap of courage, but he was doing it for his own career. Right. And he was doing it for himself. Mm-hmm. Whereas Mom did this entirely for her family. She did it entirely for uh, Dad. She did it entirely for her mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when she came here, um, I'm sure when she left, uh, she knew the terms and the conditions for her visa. She she when she came to the U.S. she couldn't leave the U.S. for five to six years in mm-hmm. order for her visa to stay valid. Yeah. And so when she came to the U.S., she also knew that she was leaving her family and not going to be able to see them for another five six years. Mm-hmm. Back then, FaceTime didn't exist. Like you yeah. couldn't yeah. see. You literally couldn't see. You had like, to call for international calls. You have to call, yeah. and then maybe you could send mail. Call, pay. Sorry. Pay. Yeah. You had to pay extra to even call your family. And so when she came here, she was taking the leap of faith of also not being able to see her family again. Um, <clears throat> and then she had me her first, her almost immediately. Like when she came here, she had me. Um, and mom told me that, and I could put, like she never really told me that she was depressed. Mm. But she would tell me that she, when she came here, she didn't like any of the food that they had in the mm-hmm. U.S. So she would only eat ramen. Yeah. And we know mom doesn't love ramen that much. Yeah. She was mm-hmm. only eating it because it was like the only appetizing thing. And also probably because thing, yeah. she was like homesick, homesick and yeah. depressed. And it's Ohio. Like what Chinese food was Ohio, here? What, yeah. 20 plus years ago yeah. too. And to put things into perspective, mom was one year younger than you. Yeah. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah. She was very young yep. and like the only person she knew was dad. Yep. No friends, no family. Um... Not even a year passes by for mom in in America, and and this part's really hard for me to talk about because mm-hmm. I just um, I couldn't imagine being in her shoes and finding out a few <laughs> months later after being in the U.S. She finds out that her. that her mom passed away mm-hmm. in a car accident. I can't even imagine how much mom was hurting because she took this leap of faith to come to the U.S. because of her mom. And the one person she loved the most and, like, gave up everything for. And the thing is, she couldn't even go back to China mm-hmm. to, like, greet her mom's loss. And so she just grieved quietly on her own in the U.S., About, I think, five or six years later, when she was able to go back to China. And this is honestly one of my core memories was um, going back to China and visiting our Waipo's gravesite. Mm-hmm. 
That's like the first time I've ever seen mom cry so intensely. Cause that was a... Man, just you got the whole damn crying. <laughs> I know, I was crying on this rooftop too. Uh, it's okay. Yeah, it's crazy. Sorry, I just whenever no, I think about good. this, no, it's it's, it's heartbreaking to yeah. me to no. really understand what mom had to go through yeah. to to get the life that she has now. Um, but yeah, the first time we went back to China in like 2001, when she was finally able to to leave the U.S., I remember she we took this like trail through <sighs> trail through mm-hmm. some. Um, I don't know, some farmland to get to the gravesite. Mm. And that was the first time mom ever got to see her mom again. And so we always have this picture of my boy in our house. And mm-hmm. she was like the grandma we never got to meet. Mm-hmm. But we've always heard so much about. Mm-hmm. And the way I think mom really honors her memory is to kind of be the type of mother she was to her, um, to us. Mm-hmm. And I just think mom is one of the most special people I've ever met. Sorry, like killing this. I didn't expect this. It's fine, I'm just crying. Anyways, sorry, I had to <laughs> move down. <laughs> no, it's crazy because uh, we already cried about this in Denver, too. <laughs> oh, man. Every time I think about this, yeah. it's so yeah. tough because I can't be, imagine being my age, mm-hmm. quitting my job to follow a man I don't even love yet, mm-hmm. and then, like, learning that the person, the parent that I was the closest to passed away and there's nothing she could do. She couldn't even go see her. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's like that the support about. system is not established in America yet. And all she could do was grieve on her own. And I mm-hmm. think mom is honestly one of the strongest people I've mm-hmm. ever met. Um, I can't imagine going through that and still like having like the will to keep pushing forward um, with the life and in the way that she did. Um, but yeah, um, oh, I need to take a break for a second if you guys <laughs> want to say anything. And now I feel like a lot of my life is, is honestly, I just want to be able to make sure mom has the best life that she could possibly live for mm-hmm. the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish I brought tissues. Like, I'm just rubbing it on like, your Patagonia. <laughs> It's fine. I'll, I'll blow my nose later. Uh, blow it off the side of the roof. <laughs> like this. No, I couldn't do that. Yeah, I think it's. I don't know. I've heard a lot of stories because um, I've talked about this with some of my friends as well. Mm-hmm. Where like their mothers, it's it's a very common story of like Asian mothers being brought here by 
the immigrant father mm -hmm. um, who's there to pursue their career and they're kind of left to do everything on their own mm. and it's just it's so it's such a tough life mm -hmm. and it hurts because it's like this woman has given us so much and like I just want her like I feel like my goal in life now is to make mom and dad proud. Yeah, <laughs> you I mean, know? the thing is, there, we can never do enough to kind of give back enough yeah. for the sacrifice that she made, which yeah. I understand now. Like, we just have to do our best to, I don't know, keep mom happy. And mm -hmm. I feel like mom's happiness is not really the same like the way she gets happiness is not really the same way that we get happiness mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like being able to learn the ways that uh, mom feels appreciated has been a goal of mine I know now that she really enjoys just talking to us and us calling her mm -hmm. um, I think as most parents do where to us like like I don't necessarily feel loved just if someone calls me but like I will be pretty intentional about making sure I call mom as frequently as possible whenever mm -hmm. I think about it just not even like for any reason she'll be like oh why are you calling me like you never really call me I'll be like oh no I just wanted to chat see mm -hmm. how life is and I think she really appreciates that um and I I encourage you to if you ever have free time or yeah. you're just I don't know need someone to talk to mom mom's always so happy and generous with her time and being mm -hmm. able to talk to us and i think another thing that i usually lean on mom for is mom provides like a level of emotional support that no one else in this family can give mm. like when i want to feel comfort and i want to feel safe mm. and that someone loves and supports me oh <laughs> mom, mom yeah mom is really really good mom has probably that. one of the most infectious and peaceful calm presence that mm -hmm. of anyone that I've met and like mm -hmm. when you're around our mom you just get this sense of peace that everything's gonna be okay and mm -hmm. everything's mm -hmm. kind of taken care of and this brings me to another memory that I have of mom and it's a pretty recent one so mom is like to almost a fault one of the most caring person that I've ever met so recently we had <clears throat> an elder of our church um, towards mm -hmm. the end of her life had uh, hepatic cancer and it became metastatic and she was coming to the end of, end of her life. And she had no relatives. She didn't have any spouse or any family to really take care of her. So mom kind mom like almost immediately took up the opportunity to take care of this, this old lady who kind of had nothing else left to live for in this world um and we we had her at our home for several months and mom would i mean no one deserves mom and even this stranger that she, mm -hmm. not stranger sorry she's very stranger. close sorry no no, no i forget <laughs> i said that she's yeah. someone that mentored mom in the past and someone that mom was close to um <clears throat> but someone that wasn't her family she took in and took care of for three months and this was not just like regular taking care of people this mm -hmm. was like full-time nursing yeah. hospice pair yeah. like taking her to the restroom cleaning up after her when she doesn't use the restroom properly brushing her, her teeth bathe, helping her bathe helping yeah. her bathe feeding her and doing this for mm -hmm. months her meds. Straight. yeah and the thing is mom did it without really any complaining she just mm -hmm. she just did it because she loves and cares for people so much and 
at the end of this woman's life, when she was actually taken to a a hospice care facility, um, on the day, um, or like in the last couple days that this woman had to live, she was in a lot of pain, like, um, and was constantly asking for morphine and complaining about how much pain that she was in. And then I think one night they were like, okay, we're going to, uh, like, we don't think she's going to, like, make it past this night. Mm-hmm. And they asked her, it's like, there's, is there anything that you want to do or anything, anyone you want to see before, like, the end of your life? Because she was still fighting for her life. Um, and she was like, yeah, there is one person. I want to see Daiming, who's our mom. And um, mom came in and had a conversation with her, um, prayed with her. And then that night um, she passed away, um, apparently very peacefully. So, sorry. You're good. So just um, the kind of presence and the effect that she has on people, I never really realized or fully understood because she mostly moves in the shadows and kind of Mm -hmm. goes unnoticed. And for most of my life, I like, I really didn't notice how much mom was doing and the kind of effect she has on people. Mm Because she doesn't, when she does stuff for people and takes care of people, she never talks about it. She mm-hmm. never complains. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you never notice it. And she, un- like, doesn't expect anything in return either. She never expects anything in return. So, to me, um, I think those kind of people are truly, like, the purest people that you can find in this world. And we just, she happens to be our mom. Mm-hmm. She makes me believe that, like... <laughs> makes you regain faith in <laughs> humanity. <laughs> yeah, it makes you believe People that, People like, out there exist. Like, angels do live, like, yeah. live on this earth. I think our mom is an, a literal angel. Mm-hmm. I, I, literally, we literally don't deserve her. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. That's, uh... I kind of wanted to get on here to share mom's story and... Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like a lot of people know about dad stories. We we definitely all know about dad stories mm-hmm. because he he's a great storyteller and he's told us about all the adventures he's been on and um, the hardships that he went through when he came to the U.S. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and he's always been very intentional about us like being really kind to mom and like mm-hmm. making sure that she's taken care of. Because I think he also recognizes how much she's sacrificed for our family. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I realized it until very recently. Mm-hmm. I think her story should not just go unspoken. And that's kind of the reason why that Mother's Day, I wanted to make that memory or video to kind of commemorate her. And I hope to do more of that kind of stuff in the future because I know she really appreciated it. Um, and yeah, I hope that we're doing good as children to make her proud and make her happy i know she tells us all the time that we are kind of what makes all this worth it and now she's extremely happy with the life that she has and she brags about all of us all the time and is she happy (laughs) i think yeah is the day-to-day ideal 
I mean, <laughs> I yes, obviously raising two annoying children at home <laughs> or five of us at one point that are super annoying at home. That day to day is like, but she lives for it. She, she mm. wants. Mom is really good at, yeah, deriving joy out of the little things in life. And I think that bringing other people happiness brings her a Mm -hmm. a lot more joy. Mm -hmm. She, yeah, she just has, like, the most undying passion for caring for people Mm -hmm. that I've I've never seen in someone. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's, she always tells me that that's how her mom was, like, just, like, um, over the top, like, caring and Mm -hmm. loving towards people and just being very kind and gentle um yeah um i don't know if there's anything to really talk about after that but if do you guys want to um i think i have a couple of other things because i wanted to talk a little bit about religion but that might be a whole podcast on its own because i think in those really really dark dark days Mm. um it's not like yeah, she needed something to she like carry her through. Yeah. She needed community. She needed some some hope. Higher reason to yeah. like higher purpose to kind of move on with life and <clears throat> I think uh the church has been fundamental in how mm. she was able to like cope with all this and mm-hmm. kind of be able to come out of find it. Find purpose, yeah. yeah, and come out of this even stronger. Mm-hmm. Um but we can leave that for another topic. I think today we can just cut a little shorter. If you guys want to say anything in particular, um, uh, otherwise we can we can just cut it off now and talk about it in the next episode. I don't know. Anyways. The only only thought that I have in my mind right now is, wow, I love mom and yeah. I love and I, I love and appreciate her so much. Yeah. And we the do not the, uh, the her. other thing about mom is like. Like, the traditional ways of how people, like, show love and affection here in the U.S. is, like, buying gifts for mom or, like, like on mm. Mother's Day, like, mm-hmm, taking mm-hmm. her out to a nice dinner. Yeah. But mom hates all those things. Yeah. She doesn't yeah. want us to buy gifts. She, she hates, hates eating it. out. She it's would just prefer... Like, she's happier eating at home and, like, mm. us not she having to spend money. time with her. Yeah, so, yeah. again, that's, that's all about, like, us learning what her love languages are and us learning about how she feels appreciated. Oh, okay, go Ew. get a tissue. Go get a tissue. No, no, no it's fine. I just wipe it on my. I'll take care of it later. Okay. <laughs> There's nothing I can do about now. <sighs> we don't deserve mom. Yeah, truly. I mean, one of the things I really want to do, and I've talked about this before, is to kind of document the, mm-hmm. the like the memories and like the process of mom and dad's immigration to the U.S this is one really key element that I want to be able to like showcase or like be able to preserve because mm. I think it's it's kind of the keystone to our immigration story because all, all of this is like our story like mm-hmm. if mom hadn't carried through and had the courage to move here and move past all that pain I don't think obviously we wouldn't be here mm-hmm. um, so yeah let's go inside and uh, spend some time with mom <laughs> All right, so this has been uh, another episode of the Rooftop Pod. Thank you all for hanging out with us. Uh, my name is Jesse. I'm Rachel. I'm Andrew. And we will see you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.